Hi, welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations. I'm your host, Kunjani Patel, and today I am going to discuss two topics that are really close to my heart. If you know me, you really know that empathy and boundaries are two things that are very um, kind of speaking core to my sense of being. And I have learned that as a result of my training of being a therapist and just how I am as a person and who I am today with people most of the time. And one of the important lessons that I learned as a part of my healing and being in therapy was boundaries. That is a concept that we don't normally tend to discuss in society. We don't get taught as kids to maintain boundaries, but yet they're so important for good, healthy relationships with ourselves and our relationships with people. So today I wanted to take some time and explore those two topics. And uh, one of the top one uh, one of the things that comes to mind, I recently wrote a blog article since I'm also trying to build up my blog community through this process. And I really welcome you to sign up on there and join so we can together create a like-minded group of people who are looking to inspire, not judge, and um, it make an impact on other people's lives and find your purpose and peace through this entire process. So um, my blog uh, community would be at www.gpatelcounseling.com forward slash blog. And I really encourage you to sign up. And the tar- article that's going to be coming up soon is called, I like, I called it, I titled it, Warning, Empathy Without Healthy Boundaries Equals Disaster. Are you ready to thrive in what feels like a heartless world without feeling emotionally overwhelmed? And I know this is very 
deep and big. But I also think discussing this is very important. You know, um, a lot of this um, next few minutes that I'm going to spend time with is very much inspired by Dr. Brene Brown's work. So she is very big on, you know, some of the things that I'm going to talk about. So I really admire her as a researcher and all the time that hundreds and thousands of hours of her life that she has, you know, put into uh, researching vulnerability, courage, worthiness, connection, um, and all those very important topics that are um, sort of very big in terms of our connections to other people and just how we operate in the world. So just just if you are, I'm a big fan of her, and I really think that um, she's very big on these topics, and I think in top, uh, discussion about these topics is quite important. So empathy fuels connection, she says, and sympathy drives disconnection. And one of the things that I wanted to spend some time was differentiating empathy um, to sympathy. You know, empathy is trying to put yourself in another person's shoes, not to understand what the other person is going through. And that's something that I learned very early on in my career as a therapist. One of the biggest things that we offer to people as a part of healing and as a part of walking into our doors is just creating a very non-judgmental space. There are four qualities that we often think as therapists or as professionals that are very, very, very important to the aspect of empathy. And I'll tell you why that is important. You know, is if we are empathetic towards people, which is trying to put ourselves in their shoes, but not say things like, I understand what you're going through. Because unless you have actually been through the exact same situation that the person has gone through with the exact same beliefs, which is, um, you know, growing up in the same environment that they grew up in, growing up with similar parenting or core values that they have, our life perceptions of the events when we go through them, it is almost always impossible to truly understand what that person might be going through. So I really think when we talk to other people, it's important not to use words like I understand, but just being able to connect with someone by saying, by truly putting yourself in their shoes um, without, you know, pers- um, by avoiding judgments about what they're going through, by recognizing the emotions that they might be feeling, not assuming or telling them what they might be feeling, but just recognizing, you know, how would you feel if you were in their shoes? How what would what are the, some of the emotions that you would be going through? And I know that as culture. And as society, we are not um, raised with feeling and, you know, having emotional IQ. And at some point, I really want to discuss the difference between feelings and emotions because we use those terms quite interchangeably and they're not. They mean very different things um, and they they result in very different things. And just as general in society, we are taught not to feel emotions because we equate that with weakness. And I find that quite unfortunate when people um, are 
you know, so focused on intelligence, IQ, but not really focused on EQ. So we'll do an episode on that. But going back to empathy, you know, just uh, recognizing the emotions that the other person might, might be feeling and then communicating and understanding um, their worldview. And, you know, when you can actually do that, it can really, really, really make such a difference in that person's life. And the reason why I wanted to mention this is because a lot of times we're so quick to judge or, you know, we're so snappy and we compare ourselves to other people. And, you know, let's say if someone is having a bad day and cuts you off or someone takes forever in front of you in, in the grocery line, you know, just sort of taking a step back and realizing and putting yourself in that person's shoes and you don't know what kind of day they were having or what kind of life phase they were going through or just what they were going through. A lot of times on the outside, everybody looks great on their Facebook profile pictures, on their WhatsApp profile pictures, on the IG world. We live in such a bite-sized world, unfortunately, these days that we don't recognize what someone might be truly going through. So just, you know, when someone could be, when someone could be going through really deep things, one of the biggest things that I encourage people to do is, you know, feel uh, and put yourself in other people's shoes so that you can really get a true under, um, understanding of what they might be feeling and going through as opposed to just assuming, you know, for them. And um, sympathy is a feeling of pity and sorry for someone else's misfortune. I often find that when someone is going through mental hardship or traumatic phase of their life, it adds a layer of harm or even un even though if it's unintentional, a lot of times it comes from a good place, but it really adds a second layer of shame and guilt that that person has to go through when we sympathize. And sympathy looks like often, you know, when we say um, things like at least, so like let's say if somebody was going through a, um, you know, were not being able to have children, you know, when you say at least it, it, you are married or let's say if somebody is going through a really tough time and, you know, having a hard time finding a career or finding a job. If they lost a job, just say, at least you're able to, you know, put food on the table or at least you have a house or at least by by shooting and at leasting, there is nothing empathetic about it. You know, even though unintentionally um, or we, it might come from a good place, but if you say things like at least... Um, it really minimizes what that person might be feeling and going through. But on the other hand, empathy can look like I'm here if you want to talk or I can I can't even imagine what you might be going through, but I'm here to listen if you need an ear. If you need me, I can help you research or find professional help. What would you like from me right now or th because of what you're going through? I don't know what to say. But give them a hug. And sometimes you don't know what to say. So you say things like, I don't know what to say. But, you know, I truly care about you. And I want to be there for you through this time. I love you a lot. And I care about you to see you suffer like this. So uh, please know that I'm here for you. Anything you need, let me know anytime. I want to be here and just want you to know that if you feel like talking, I'm here. When someone is going through something deep, dark, overwhelming, and 
you know, very uh, emotional time of their life or traumatic time of their life, the last thing they want is to hear a solution. Oftentimes, like Brene Brown says, rarely can response make a diff- make something di- better. What makes something better is a connection with someone and knowing that someone truly, truly, truly cares. So just keeping that in the back of your mind, because we, a lot of times we tend to fix other people's problems because we don't know what to do with our big feelings or don't want, know, you know, what, how to handle the emotions that they might be feeling. So because they are our loved ones, we want to go out there and fix their problems or we tell them at least, you know, get over it or at least you have this or that. And it really backfires. It really, like I was mentioning earlier, adds a layer of shame to some of the things that they're going through, even though it's meant from a good place, but those words can really be detrimental to someone. So empathy is much more powerful than sympathy and knowing the difference and knowing emotional intelligence at some point, uh, being emotionally intelligent at some point to know that, you know, it's important to... Uh, let that person feel and recognize what they're going through, but figure out some way or some place by talking to your other friends or family and, you know, um, letting out your feelings and managing and becoming aware of what you are going through. When your feelings come up as a, and that's what emotional intelligence is, is becoming aware of what emotions you are feeling, where you're feeling them in your body. How can you better manage those feelings. And once you're aware of them, what can you do to them so that to process through them so that you're not resisting them, in denial of them, being ignorant about them, suppressing them, or, you know, not trying to deal with them because that's not being emotionally intelligent. Um, so that's definitely something um, that can be acquired with time and training. And, you know, um, I definitely plan to talk about that in, at some point. But I really think it's important to recognize uh, what you're feeling and not to fix people's problems because you don't know how to handle your big feelings or their big feelings. So just being there and listening unconditionally, non-judgmentally, so that, you know, that person can have a space to um, be heard or vent or, you know, know that someone is out there uh, ready to listen. That's one of the biggest things we find in the trauma world or in the therapy or mental health world. As professionals, we are trained to ensure that we provide with a complete empathetic place because therapeutic alliance that you form, and I'm not saying you form therapeutic alliance with your friends and family or people around you, but just knowing that having that space where someone can just talk to you without being judged by trusting you, by connecting with you, by being able to be open with you can be such a validating, healing, and an amazing, awesome, comforting space. So just know that. So as important as empathy is and essential as it is in terms of humanity and our connections to people, I truly believe that the flip side of the empathy coin is boundaries. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we empathize too much And then later we feel or develop resentment and hate towards other people for not 
communicating our boundaries. A lot of time in the trauma world, you know, I very much am big on teaching people uh, um, boundaries because that's a concept that we don't really grow up with. We're always taught to care about what other people think, what, you know, they want, how they want. And we often forget in this process of pleasing other people through life, we forget that it's really important to know how we are not pouring from an empty bucket because boundaries are communicating to others what works for us and what doesn't, what our likes are and what our dislikes are. There are essential life skills required to have a healthy relationship with other people and with ourselves and have a healthy, healthy life. And they're absolutely important and I can't stress that enough. And I really wish that I would have learned this growing up, but I'm glad that I still learned this in therapy and, you know, uh, um, learned this very important concept. And I still struggle with it sometimes with new people and new situations. But that's something that I really, really am very mindful of because when your boundaries are compromised, they really can, you know, really, really affect you to the deepest levels. When we pour from an empty bucket, we're often left feeling drained, overwhelmed, and resentful. And they're not as easy to set. They're not very comfortable. They're quite uncomfortable because we don't want people to not like us. We don't want to disappoint or hurt others. And since adolescence, until we hit crisis and are emotionally drained, overwhelmed, and in complete crisis, we don't tend to communicate them or even know um, what to do with them or that they even exist. So I really, really, and one of the things, again, I'm going to quote Brene Brown, and I'm, you know, I I freaking think she's amazing. Um, one of the things she mentions is boundaries are freaking important. They are not fake walls. They are not separation. Boundaries are not division. They are respect. They are they're, they're, they're here. What's okay for me. They just tell people what's okay for me. And here is what's not okay for me. I would rather not be sweet, but I would rather be compassionate and loving towards other when others, when, and that's what she says. And I, I truly couldn't agree with her more because the more, most compassionate people in the world are known to have the best and healthiest boundaries. And they are important because they allow us to not get carried away in too much empathy or in too much, you know, um, sympathy for others, which is not great, I think. But, you know, they allow us to be in the healthy realm, realm of things and let people know that, you know what, um, I just can't and I have to regroup, reset, take some time for myself and then I can be there for you and be more present because a lot of times we are there for people and then we resent them, unfortunately, or we are not present or not even being able to be there. And, you know, that, that, that that's hard. And I really think that um, if not anything, if you can take one thing away from this episode is that boundaries are an important first step to self-love and worth. And they are the way of being. If we have poor boundaries, we're nice to people, but we are often begrudging and resentful for having set them. 
We lose respect for ourselves and over time feel depleted. And we are the first relationship we have. So if we can't have a good uh, relationship with ourselves, we can't really expect to have a good connection with other people around us. So I just want to spend some time with boundaries. And they come in different types. There are lots of different types of boundaries depending on who you speak to. There are psychological boundaries, emotional boundaries, personal beliefs boundaries, physical boundaries, sexual boundaries, spiritual boundaries material boundaries, time boundaries, and intellectual boundaries, just to name a few. And I'm just going to give some examples of what they look like and what they look like in real life, because as you know, I'm all about science-backed and, you know, all about actionable tips that you can take away. So um, because this concept is so important, I'm going to spend some time talking about what they look like, and I'm just going to give some examples. Again, I'm very big on, you know, ensuring that you, um, some of the essential tips that I want you to know about healthy boundaries is that identifying things that are okay with you and that are not okay with you. Our boundaries can look different for different people and different situations. Again, like I said um, earlier when I quoted Brene Brown, um, Dr. Brene Brown, is that, you know, they're not division or separation. They're just identifying to ourselves what is okay to me in what situation and with who and when. So they're not hard lines, but they're just identifying for yourself as to what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what leaves you feeling overwhelmed, drained, and depleted, you know? So just recognizing certain situations call for us to be more flexible and others to have uh, set a hard line. Boundaries can also change with time as we change and evolve. As you explore this con concept, I urge you to give yourself the permission that I give myself the right to say no. I give myself the permission to say yes if I want to and state assertively and confidently to yourself that I do not have to provide you with any explanation for my answer if I choose not to. At first, this seems a little harsh, I know, because we aren't used to it and it seems quite selfish because we are often um, designed to live in a very people-pleasing world. But people who are the most empathetic and compassionate have the most well-defined boundaries and are able to be loving and authentic because of them. One of the other things to do is pause and recognize when to apply them. Boundaries change depending on our level of connection with the other person. So as our relationships change or grow over time or, you know, deplete over time or distance over time, learn to recognize when you're running on empty, even when it's someone very close to you. Putting your own mask on isn't selfish. It's necessary to be alive or feel fully alive, not just live and fully within your capacity to be present with others. One of the other things that I also want to make sure that I, you know, you, that you recognize is that repeating and becoming consistent. At first, this is a skill and just like any other skill, it is hard to be, it's hard to learn. It comes with repetition and consistency. So just rehearse and know that the more you use them, the more you'll be able to um, be a natural at establishing these boundaries and how good and loving and compassionate and caring you can be because of them. Um, just know that, you know, being consistent is the key to just like you always, you guys always know that I talk about, you know, 
building new neural networks. If you want to build new neural networks and, you know, loosen up some of the old ones that you, is already etched in you before where you're people pleasing and, you know, for every thought, there's a neural network in our body or in our brain. So just know that in order to establish a new habit, at first it'll seem very uncomfortable, but with time, you will gain more self-confidence, you'll gain more compassion for that person, and you'll gain more respect for yourself and that other person that you are establishing boundaries with. So it's really important that, you know, um, when you're first going through this process, you actually write some of these down or do a mental note of what all of this means to you in the first place and in what situations will you apply these boundaries and in what uh, with what people or with who will you be applying these to try this with your loved ones and friends first because they're often more accepting of us than strangers but then with time it comes naturally just like any second habit, uh, any habit that we form as autopilot. So one of the things that I also then want to discuss with you is, you know, examples of different boundary violations and what good healthy boundaries look like. So we'll start with um, physical and sexual boundaries, so to speak. So physical boundaries include your, you know, physical needs like eating, resting, drinking water, having your personal space, Com the comfort of touch and consent with sexual boundaries. So it's okay to let people know what that you don't want to be touched or that, you know, you where you want to be touched or, you know, what your con level of consent looks like. So this might sound like um, it's really important to have healthy sexual boundaries, which includes consent, agreement, respect, understanding of preferences and desires, and privacy. So healthy sexual boundaries could include asking for consent or asking the other person um, if before you are going to kiss them or before they're going to kiss you, recommending condom use if you want, discussing contraception. This might sound like do you want to have sex? Is this comfortable for you? Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. I don't like that. Let's try something different. I don't want to have sex tonight. Can we just cuddle instead? These are very important things because they allow you to not feel violated. Other healthy physical boundaries may sound like, I'm really tired. I need to just sit down and just chill and not be spoken to or not be thought about right now. I just want to be for a few. I need to eat. I'm going to grab something to eat. Would you like something? No, I don't want you to touch me like this. Don't go into my room without asking first. I'm not a hugger. Is it okay if I just shake your hand? It's totally okay to let other people know in a very short and succinct manner how and what your preferences are. There is nothing wrong to let the other person know nice, gently, and with respect as to what works for you and what doesn't. Because if we don't know, we can't assume what the other person will know or not violate what really doesn't work for us. You know, um, some of the other examples of emotional boundaries can look like emotional boundaries are respecting and honoring people's feelings and emotional energy. And it's really important that respecting emotional boundaries means validating the feelings of others and making sure you respect their ability to take in emotional information. So this may sound like, I really can't talk about that right now. 
it isn't the right time. Can we please table this conversation for later? You seem like you're going through a tough time. Right now, I'm not in a place to take in all of this information. Do you think we can come back to this conversation later? Or I'm having a hard time and I really need to talk. Are you in a place to listen right now? Good emotion or in terms of emotional boundaries and violations of those boundaries, it, it, it includes asking people to justify their feelings, assuming what they're feeling on behalf of them as opposed to asking them, asking inappropriate questions that are outside the comfort zone of your relationship with them, such as when are you going to have kids or when are you going to get married or you look very big right now, did you gain weight or asking, emotionally dumping on people without their permission. If they were having a bad day, you're not going to have the greatest reaction from them. So asking instead of imposing your feelings on someone else, also sharing inappropriate emotional information with your children can not be good for them or you. Um, making sure your children are not your best friends. They are your children and there has to be appropriate respect, time and a place based on their maturity and making sure that, you know, your relationship with them is not too enmeshed. Um, the other one of some of the other boundaries can also come in the form of personal beliefs. You know, I find that a lot of times people that are close to us might not have the same personal beliefs as we do. Personal beliefs are our core ideas of who we are, and they are developed as a ba- as a result of us growing up in a certain culture, growing up in an environment that is different than others, growing up with different kind of parenting, growing growing up in a community of people that is very you know, that, that affects our belief of who we are and things we value. And it's sort of a, and that's the lens we look at things and people around us growing up. So it's really important that even though you might be related at times as you grow and age and evolve, your boundaries can be very different than your siblings and your parents. So making sure that you're not imposing your uh, or criticizing other people's beliefs and values about politics, gender, sexual orientation, religion, spirituality, and sort of dominating them and imposing your stuff on other people, other people, telling someone they should believe something they don't believe in, dismissing or invalidating someone's beliefs and identity, shaming or guilting someone for not holding the same values as yours, as in just some of the examples would be, I don't know how you're raising your children because this is not how we were raised. Or I can't believe that women are about to, allowed to have an abortion. Or I cannot believe that, you know, uh, being gay is, is sin. And just very, I cannot believe that you voted for such and such. Depending on your belief about certain things, you cannot assume what the other person might be, you know, um, going through or believes in. And if you don't believe in the same thing as they, you're allowed to say, okay, bye, see you later. But belittling them, judging them, putting them, d- them down um, might not be the best way to maintain or cause or 
have a good sense of connection with someone. The other ways that we can violate someone's boundaries are time, you know, knowing that if you have, you, you're very particular about time, healthy time boundaries can look like I can only stay about an hour or do you have time to chat today? Or is it okay if, um, I meet you on a Sunday? Uh, if we, you know, because that's, I cannot meet you on a Sunday because that's our family time. Or I'm happy to help with that. My hourly rate is a lot of times we don't set these boundaries because we think, oh, what are the, what is the other person going to think? Or what are they going to, you know, um, uh, assume about me. And we're so uh, ingrained to just think about other people that we don't think what we want, what is okay for us, what is not okay for us. Uh, some other examples of intellectual boundaries can look like, I know we disagree. The healthy way to have intellectual boundaries is that, you know, other people's thoughts, ideas, creativity, curiosity can be different than ours and not judging them or putting them down because of it, but respectfully and willingly have a conversation and a dialogue with them to understand truly where they're coming from. So that can sound like when we talk about this, we don't get very far. I think it's a good idea to avoid this conversation altogether. I can respect that we have different opinions about this and points of view. I know we disagree, but I won't let you belittle me like this. I would love to talk about this more, but I don't think talking about it during a family dinner is a good idea. So just mentioning and stating assertively what works, what is not going to work, and being very firm about that instead of, you know, trying to please others or disappointing others. It's really important that over time, healthy connections and healthy boundaries can only deepen your um, relationships with yourself and others. So I really, really hope that, you know, some of this was really helpful to you. One of the other things that um, I forgot to mention was material boundaries, because that is also a thing. You know, we live in such a materialistic world. Um, so, you know, it refers to items or possessions like home, car, clothing, jewelry, and having limits on how your material items are treated in healthy and it, it prevents, you know, resentment over time. And this can sound like I can lend out my car, but I am the only person on the insurance. We can give you more money. We would be happy to help in another way. So just some of these examples, I hope you can use them and over time learn to um, figure out what your boundaries are, what your values are, and how as a result of that, you can continue to maintain respect for one another, you know, deepen your connections with your friends and family and deepen your connection with yourself so that you don't lose yourself in this process. I know I spent a lot of time on this episode, but I'm too um, excited about this topic to not be able to. I could talk a lot more, but I really hope that some of this, you know, resonates with you and can help you um, try to sort of just start thinking about some of these things that you might not have in this way. So if you like what you hear, please, as usual, subscribe so you never have to miss an episode because I plan to bring you all these other nuggets of life that you can use. And 
you know, please rate and review us because it really helps other people find us because I would really like to keep this show going and it'll help with the longevity, with the algorithms. So, you know, we are easy to find um, for other people to get the help. So sharing is caring. I would really love your input. Please um, reach out to me anytime you would want at gpatel, uh, gpatel at gpatelcounseling.com. And please become or consider becoming a part of my blog community. I would love for you. Or And I also have an email list and a newsletter that I send out every week to uh, a lot of my people about, you know, some of these tips that I discuss, mental health and wellness tools. So I would love to stay connected with you. And thank you so much for supporting me through this endeavor. Um, until next time, have a very, very blessed day.